Hello again. Welcome to Mulready Minutes. I'm the host, Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance people, risk managers, and business leaders looking for ways to customize their insurance needs. We're going to dive deep on, on some issues. We'll look at what's working, talk to some of the giants in the industry, like our guest today. And uh, I'll do my best to let you know what's happening uh, at the state level as well as national, even international level. So we are really honored today to have with us uh, a, a friend yeah. and uh, a, a colleague here, but uh, Chris Kenny and I will give you a brief in, in, intro. Uh, Chris serves as Senior Vice President and General Counsel and Corporate Secretary of American Fidelity uh, Corporation and Chief Executive Officer of American Fidelity Securities. In these roles, he oversees the departments of law, corporate compliance, government affairs, broker-dealer securities activities, and corporate secretarial services. He joined American Fidelity in 2003 after spending seven years in the legal division at Kemper Reserve National Insurance Company and three years as assistant general counsel at the Oklahoma Insurance Department. And uh, due to our previous guests, I might make a point that it is not necessary to have worked at the insurance department to be featured <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, it just so happens that our first two guests have been previously in the legal teams at the Oklahoma Insurance Department. Uh, Chris has his bachelor's degree from OU and his uh, JD from OU as well. So with uh, about to have three sons at OSU, we will not have that discussion today. <laughs> we'll leave that, uh, leave that out. Um, Chris, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Um, for those that, that are on that aren't familiar with American Fidelity, I know for us in Oklahoma, it's a very familiar name and a very familiar company and a great community company, very involved in the community. So I wonder if you'd take a few minutes just to tell us uh, about American Fidelity and who they are and what they do. Sure. Well, thank you for having me, Commissioner. Uh, pleased to join you and uh, flattered you would uh, uh, invite me. And, and uh, yeah, American Fidelity is uh, uh, A-plus rated company, uh, domiciled here in, in Oklahoma, uh, and uh, was founded in 1960 uh, by uh, our current uh, CEO's grandfather, um, and he always said the most important asset a person has is their ability to earn a living. Mm -hmm. Hence, uh, the advent of disability insurance being our ultimately our biggest product. Uh, we are uh, in a, uh, a worksite carrier uh, that provides financial security products, uh, group and individual life insurance, uh, annuities, uh, supplemental health. Um, and uh, a variety of services for our uh, employer customers. And uh, about uh, uh, just over 2,000 uh, employees and uh, a million five, uh, over a million five uh, customers uh, are all around the U.S. So, yeah. Yeah, big, big employer. And I mentioned uh, community involvement. And I wonder if you'd just, uh, for those, again, that aren't familiar with American Fidelity, maybe you could take a minute to talk about. Uh, some of their involvement. I know uh, American Fidelity has received uh, great accolades of being a great place to work, a desirable place to work. Yes. And so um, tell us about the community involvement. And then if you would, tell me about why is it such a desirable place to work? Why, why is it cons consistently getting great scores on, on, on the workplace? It, it's been a huge focus of um, our current CEO, Bill Cameron, uh, from the moment I got there in uh, 2002, uh, we were um, became and that were selected to the Fortune Top 100 places to work, and I thought, wow, that's a 
pretty that must be everybody that must be the reason i went there <laughs> and uh i didn't know that at the time that they had applied uh but it it was very obvious to me when i was going through the interview process that um i uh was truly onto something special and you know lots of companies have great benefits packages uh we certainly do but i think it's the transparency with the colleagues uh that we uh, work with that um, uh, is really key uh, to doing that. And, and Bill uh, and the entire leadership team has made it a real priority uh, in everything we do. It's uh, a big part of our brand. Um, you know, I, we believe uh, not only is it the right thing to do, but uh, by being um, a great place to work, I, I think it transcends to better service for the customers. So, yeah. and. Congratulations on that. That doesn't, Thank you. as someone who tries to create a great environment and culture with our 125 employees, that doesn't just happen. Right. So, I mean, you guys have to be intentional and have to work at that. And so you guys clearly have done a good job yep. of doing that. So tell Bill I said I will do that. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, during our last podcast, uh, we had Andy Beal here, mm -hmm. who's with the NEIC, and uh, I jokingly referenced he was previously uh, at the legal team at OID as well. But um, we talked a lot about the, the NEIC and the impact of the global pandemic that we had, and that was more of a national level and at the NEIC organizational level. So tell us a little bit about, uh, well, let's just say 2020 was nothing like 2019. Right. And uh, as we look ahead to 21, so uh, how, how did that impact American Fidelity? How have you guys adjusted? Just talk a little bit about that. Well. Our, our leadership team, I just, again, can't say enough about. They're true visionaries. Um, we have been working, uh, we've had a work-from-home program for for quite some time. Uh, Prior to the pandemic. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Um, you may recall the ice storm uh, back in, gosh, it was 10 years ago. 10 or 11 yeah. years ago. And it, uh, it was kind of our pandemic training honestly uh we went to a work from home uh we committed that we will never have to close business uh for any amount of time and um it it really prepared us well for the, the pandemic uh, we were able to pivot and all of us completely work from home uh on a on a turn of a dime i mean it really it really happened quickly and it resulted in in very little impact to our service uh, if any impact uh, to our service to our customers uh, and uh, functioning as a, a company uh, enrolling uh, paying claims uh, all the things that insurance companies do to deliver on their promise to their consumer yeah so the home office here in Oklahoma really yeah. didn't skip a beat um, but you guys from a distribution channel model you're out I know you do a lot in schools right I think in municipalities that sort of thing how, how did that impact your ability to do larger enrollments or in group settings or how, right. how did that work? Uh, we pivoted and uh, immediately began, began doing remote uh, enrollments via Zoom, call centers, um, things like that. So it was very, uh, it was, we were able to just flip a switch practically. And uh, although we prefer um, uh, in-person enrollments, uh, it was those were not possible in most cases because of the shutdowns around the country and uh, so um, 
we've delivered a lot more digital marketing. Uh, we did, uh, like I said, virtual enrollments uh, uh, in the uh, home office, the support divisions, and, and really everybody uh, immediately flipped over to, and we all had laptops for many years. Mm -hmm. So um, everybody in the company uh, just about has a laptop. And we were able to take those home, and um, after uh, probably tens of thousands of hours uh, on Zoom calls, and uh, I've learned a lot about that. Zoom, Teams, um, what's the other one? WebEx. WebEx, uh, RingCentral. They all have a little bit off. different yep. functionality, <laughs> and and it's it's I've actually kind of even for this non-techie, I've been able to I think uh, uh, navigate all of them. So. Yeah, it has been interesting to to uh, to navigate all that. So, in, in in looking ahead, then from this, has there been any are, have there been any things that you guys have changed or done differently that you from your business model standpoint that sticks around sort of post pandemic? I think we're still going to have situations where we're going to have a variety of enrollment options for the customer and. Um, and, and I think digital marketing uh, is certainly here to stay. Um, and, you know, um, artificial intelligence, technology is key. Pivoting a little bit, so uh, insurance companies, um, and especially sizable companies like, yeah. like yours, hold significant uh, assets to cover liabilities. Those, those pesky regulators require that. Yeah. Guys like me. <laughs> But uh, with that said, with the economic uh, situation, what's happened, um, how are you guys responding to that? To that, uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, interest rates are at, right. not super attractive at the moment. But right. uh, we're talking about how you guys are handling that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's certainly tough. Uh, we're a plus rated carrier uh, again, and by AMBEST. And has that been for quite a while? It has been for yeah. quite quite a while. Yeah. Uh, um, it's uh, it's something that uh, w we have several AFs at American Fidelity, and, and they all start with an A, and uh, one of them is always financially secure, and uh, that's that's the most one of the most important things for our customers to know and trust in us. Uh, very conservative from a financial standpoint, uh, and our um, financial statements certainly reflect that. Yeah. Good, you know, and 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 little plug, I guess, for for us out there. What we do as regulators, I talk about that publicly a lot. Our number one priority is consumer protection, mm -hmm. and a big component of that is the financial solvency of companies like yes. like yours and others we regulate. And that is, it doesn't do anybody any good to have a insurance policy that right. makes them feel secure, but then they have a claim and that company's out of business. Yes, <laughs> they don't have the financial wherewithal to back that up. Yes, so absolutely. Key key uh, role of ours. Um, so looking ahead, um, what's American Fidelity looking forward to in 2021? And then maybe, you know, looking ahead five years from now, or where, 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 are, they, where are we going? I think furthering our brand, which is um, uh, extremely important to us. We're laser focused on that. Uh, not only do we uh, provide, you know, first class uh, products, but uh, services that address employers' pain points. Um, and uh, and just ensure that they're well taken care of. It's it sounds simple, uh, but 
you really have it has to be your number one focus uh, and it always has been ours i don't want you to give away any boardroom secrets but as yeah. american fidelity looks ahead um from as far as growth opportunities is it is it expansion of products or is it expansion of areas or what what, what what's ahead um you know i think i think we always are looking um we're a needs-based provider of financial security products we're always looking for what the consumer wants um uh, we're also looking uh, at the other differentiator uh, from our competition, by and large, is that we are uh, a niche-based um, uh, company. In other words, we focus on um, education, uh, K-12 through primarily, mm-hmm. um, municipalities, states, um, and uh, healthcare institutions, and automobile dealers. Uh, and we have endorsements from associations in those regard or in those industries just nationwide and you know we're looking we we want to have a specialized approach and and focus on those niches i think it leads to better service better understanding of the customer what their needs are again uh we are we always consider are there new niches out there that we can service uh, using our uh, kind of specialized model. I know the pandemic this year, I've, I've heard from numerous national organizations, there's been quite an uptick of life insurance mm-hmm. only because people were just, with with what happened, became quite aware of, hey, I don't have life insurance, I need some life insurance or that, that sort of awareness. Right. Um, is there any piece that you think is, is, as you look back at American Fidelity's history, so any product you they started with disability, mm-hmm. which w- was great to you say that because so many times in, in our world, folks don't realize the uh, there's so much greater opportunity of, of being disabled yes. than they do of dying. You know, but yeah. many people have life insurance. Not a lot have disability uh, insurance. It's but a very critical. Any, anything else evolving in that, that space as far as a more important product and retaining employees or um, I, I know again life insurance this past year was was a big uh, emphasis, but one over the other we think we have a great mix now uh, again um, that that's an ongoing uh, process for us to assess what what is the true need of our consumer and uh, uh, we think we offer quite a portfolio of of wonderful products and services to meet those needs both both at the employer level and our um, employee customers as well yeah okay so as we, we, we get ready to wrap up, yeah. Chris, you're the general counsel of a industry leader, of a community leader, um, have a real pulse into the marketplace. In that role, what, what keeps you up at night from a business standpoint? In, in other words, you can't answer some problem with, with, with your kids or worrying about your kids. That keeps me up at night, too. But My, yeah. from a business standpoint, uh, what, what keeps you up at night? a few gray hairs over those uh, kind of problems. What keeps uh, me up at night, um, understanding the regulatory, where the regulatory and legislative um, priorities are headed. Um, we understand that, that that can disrupt our business. Uh, as you know, insurance traditionally has been regulated by 50 states and the various territories, District of Columbia, um, we're seeing more and more uh, encroachment on the federal level, and these things move quickly, and oftentimes, you, you know, you've got a few, or two or three days to of notice, if, mm-hmm. if you're, sometimes if you're lucky to get that, and um, 
so regulation legislation is would be number one for me I'm ultimately responsible for that uh, so maybe that's uh, uh, but I, I know it's a it's a huge um, uh, risk that's out there for us also uh, and and it kind of dovetails in with that um, you know uh, public uh, public entity funding um, funding of public uh-huh. schools you know um, government critical government services um, you know it's uh, we have a very unique market, and um, yes, yeah, so those would have a, a more direct impact. Correct, guys than, all the way, you know, firefighters, police officers, city employees, state employees, uh, and our uh, our public schools, uh, and so uh, funding of of those critical services uh, is is always on our radar, and uh, uh, that that doesn't get compromised. Um, in any way so yeah okay yeah that's a really good point the um, as far as what keeps you up at night the yeah. uh, the changes the legislative or regulatory um, yeah. again you have to operate under 50, well 56 members of the NEIC right yeah uh, and, and those regulatory environments but then also you have this year uh, you know the change in federal administration and where's that going to go and what new rules are going to come down and, and, and that is a big thing for you to stay on top of. True, and not only on the product and services side, but um, um, again, on the, uh, you know, education bills that are all out there, we, we keep track of those. Um, any any kind of bill that, that might affect our customer base uh, adversely uh, would would certainly keep us up at night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chris, with that, thank you for, for being on. Sure, I appreciate you taking some time uh, with us. Uh, that about wraps up uh, this edition of Mulready Minutes. Thanks for joining us.